It moved. The giant scary bug just moved. Oh, did it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. I have yet to come across any uh, kangaroo, uh, koalas, um, any of the roo varieties, mm -hmm. so wallaroos or any of those, mm. but I have lots of weird, dangerous bugs. Um, any snakes in South or anything? Australia. Not yet, no. But you know what's crazy? Because I would think if you live in an area where you have that kind of danger, you know, you wear shoes, you... Yeah, yeah. People but, don't. But it's they're not the same. It's the same. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, well, like... if it gets me, it gets me. Oh, God. So, that's been... Uh... <laughs> anyway, so... Hey, everybody, yeah, welcome to uh, VM Live. Uh, my name is Jack Rollins. I'm your host of the show, and with me, as always, man, myth, legend, good friend, traveler, founder of VM, and now a brand new hoodie yeah, wearer. I got a That's new a one. New hoodie. I got a new one. Life's um, looking up. So he no longer perfectly blends nah. in with his background. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Jeffrey Hoffman. Yeah. Hi, guys. Happy Friday, or Saturday, as it may be. It's Saturday morning yeah. for me, yeah. And uh, we also have uh, Admin Bob, who is... is Found the power of Ethernet. Yeah, uh, I think we upgraded Direct his internet right um, to the internet. Yeah, he finally ran yep, out of hopefully his. Hopefully, the uh, time lag isn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> we'll find out. I, I think your, your laughter is poorly timed. Like, oh yeah, no, that's not good. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Uh, and um, yeah, you you finally ran out of your your free. AOL hundred or a thousand <laughs> hours, so we we upgraded you to uh, DSL. Yeah, the kids nowadays will never understand that sound. Oh my of, gosh! And the worst was when it didn't work, mm -hmm. um, or no. somebody picked and up the had phone. Had to go through it all the way, and then it oh, you lost right when it connected yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, hey Bob, <laughs> I started to announce you, but didn't actually say your name. So, admin Put Bob, down is the phone. I'm on the internet. <laughs> So we have a little bit of a delay, but it's not as bad as usual, which is good. So um, one of the things I had uh, noticed a lot, um, there's been a lot of discussion about it on the server, which is great because it's people talking about things that are outside of just, you know, what they're going through personally or whatever. And I've seen it all over social media, um, you know, different people's perspectives on uh, the situation in uh, Ukraine right now. And, um, you know, we, we didn't joke about the situation last week, but we kind of joked because you hear, you know, the U.S. is doing all these things and the U.K. is doing all these things. And then and then Australia was like, yeah, we're here, too. Mm -hmm. we'll, we're <laughs> you guys were named on the yeah. unfriend. Like, he, I think he unfriended you guys, though, too. Oh, he unfriended yeah. us. Well, I'm not I'm oh, not I'm not okay. Australian okay. yet. Okay. Right. Um, well, that but could, yeah, yeah. He he unfollowed, yeah. he unfollowed <laughs> Australia on Instagram. It's serious. I mean, you know, it's got a lot of, got a lot of influence. But it's, you know, people have been talking about it, obviously, a lot. And one of the things I noticed uh, on online on, you know, like Facebook a lot more than any of the other uh, sites, um, you get a lot of people complaining about the gas prices because they've just gone through the roof. Mm. And uh, then you get people complaining about the people complaining about the gas prices mm -hmm. you know saying you know well there's a war going on and you're complaining about yeah. you know gas prices and 
for some reason that rubbed me the wrong way. And then I felt really bad that that rubbed me the wrong way because they're, they're right. I mean, there are obviously a heck of a lot worse things going on in the Ukraine right now mm-hmm. than having to pay, you know, more money for gas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that kind of goes like in line with that concept of ever somebody, you know, there's always somebody who has it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that kind of mentality. Yeah. And, you know, first yeah. of all, some of the people complaining about gas prices, that may now take you out of being able to travel to work and that kind of stuff. So I'm like, there's, it's not just us complaining that now it's it's more of a dent. You know, there are a lot of people that are living less than paycheck to paycheck yeah. right now. So uh, it can be a lot more devastating um, than the jokes that we kind of see on Facebook for a lot of people. Uh but um, I have a hard time with that whole somebody out there mm. always has a worse mm. mentality because yeah. I think it it kind of promotes not being able to accept your situation or not being able to kind of be sad or upset. It kind of negates or invalidates your feelings and experiences you know, yeah, it's like yeah. if you break your finger and you say that this hurts, you're like, well, there are people out there that have had to get their legs cut off. And, and it's like, like oh, I know, but okay. like yeah. this still hurts. <laughs> right. No, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's invalidating um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I I wanted to kind of get your guys' view. Like, am I crazy for, for kind of siding with the gas people <laughs> more than the people that are just, in my opinion, purposely trying to make you feel bad? You know, when you write a comment like that, for one, you know, I don't think it's genuine. I think it's just there to, yeah. to make you feel bad. But I, I was talking to my daughter about this today because. Um, well, I think it, it. Go ahead, Bob. I was going to say, I think it really depends on, we'll say, group of people, because I think you have different groups of people mm-hmm. in each category. So in the category of people complaining about the gas prices, you have people who are seriously impacted by the price of gas mm-hmm. and and are struggling to fill up at the gas pumps. Mm-hmm. So it is a serious issue for them. Mm-hmm. But then you have people who are just being sarcastic assholes and like, oh, the price of gas has gone up. I, you know, I can't believe it. And they're just complaining because they're complainers and it gives them something to do. But within their, within whatever financial stratosphere they're in, does it truly impact them? Not really. Mm-hmm. So I think it depends which group you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand what you're saying, Jack, you know, and like your opinion is completely valid. Of course. Um, I kind of tend to lean more to, the people that are like, hey, look at what's going on in the Ukraine, but not to take away from the people that are seriously facing issues at the gas pump, because mm-hmm. I am. I mean, I don't, I work out, it's a half hour drive for me to get to work. So the price of mm-hmm. gas does affect me. Um, so even in my own world, I'm impacted by the price of gas, but I'm also able to look at what's going on halfway around the world and be like, Okay, yes, price of gas is impacting me, but there's also people having serious issues, dying halfway around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there something I can do? You know, can I donate to a charity to help them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Jeff, uh, you were going to say something? Well, um, as you were talking, Bob, I was thinking that 
I think my, I think I lean more towards um, what you said, Jack, about people complaining about gas um, or, or whatever, like on the one-upsmanship. Um, mm-hmm. What's interesting about it is it's not like, well, I shouldn't say, it's not like somebody's getting on TikTok from the Ukraine saying, oh, you're complaining about gas prices, but I'm in the middle of a war. It's a third party saying, well, it'd be like if you complained about something, Jack, and I said, yeah, but Bob has it worse. <laughs> like, but what business of it is mine yeah, to discount? Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. because it, it is invalidating. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that's, yeah, that's what I, I was saying before that when I was talking with my daughter today, that it, I, I wish for nothing more than that to end and for these people to be at peace and not be, not be in that situation. And at the mm-hmm. same time, there's only so much I can control. Like, um, I, it was, I think it was on NPR I was listening earlier, and th- there was a study, I don't know the source of it, admittedly, but where people who check the news a lot after 9-11 uh, were a lot more likely to get sick um, physically just because of their stress. Mm-hmm. And so there is a yeah. stress that it does add to your life. Um, and mm-hmm. there's a... I do think there's value in obviously being aware of it because um, it it's a reminder that we do have it, it we do have it good you know we're better than mm-hmm. some uh, and worse mm-hmm. than some in some respects um, but uh, I don't think I don't think that it's really adding anything to the conversation to say somebody has it worse I don't I don't think that helps anything yeah no I I, I agree with that um, I like I like Bob's kind of balanced approach to it. Um, Funny enough, about the gas itself is is in in Australia. It's liters, and they have different. Um, you know, we're still the states are still less expensive, at least the majority of them, yeah. than a lot of other countries. And so, I was trying to figure out. You know, I'm standing at the pump, and I'm like <laughs> converting liters, and then converting Australian dollars. I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah no idea right. what I'm paying right now. <laughs> you know, like, it, like it could be $25. I have yeah. no idea, you know. Yeah. Um, it is expensive, like in, in so many other countries. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in the yeah. UK, it's like 7 or $8 a, a gallon if you were to convert it all, I think. It, it's mm-hmm. like, and they're used to that. They're like, yeah, suck it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there's also, you know, like Australia is, is similar to the States and the fact that there are, you know, it's just how big it is. Mm. You know, and that there are cities and gaps between the cities, you know. Um, but, you know, some places, you know, like England, you know, I went through all through Europe and you you took public transportation everywhere and it was dirt cheap and you didn't, yeah. you know, outside of a few things, you really could almost live your entire life without ever having kind of like New York. There are mm-hmm. a lot of New Yorkers who don't, you know, don't drive. Uh, and, you know, you didn't have to fill up the pump, you know, to drive or fill up your, you know, get tank to drive to, you know, your, your grandma's house, you know, yeah. that was four and a half, five hours away. Because if you did that, like in England, you'd be like a country and a half over, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> that concept. I, I've, I have a couple of friends from England and a couple of clients and that concept that I'm like, yeah, if you go for, and, and Ohio is not a big state, you know, it's in the middle, mm. probably closer to smaller, you know, but you could go from one corner to the other corner of Ohio in, you know, five, six hours. And that just blows them away that, you know, they, they're in another country or in the water, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, we have states that are so big and boring that they're called flyover states because when you drive through them, it's just cornfields for days. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally days, <laughs> you know. So, um 
yeah, while they, a lot of the places that it is higher, there's also other avenues that you, we just like, I don't know how it is specifically where you guys are at, but I don't think there are any buses near me. You know, it's there's not definitely not a tram or anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are buses, um, but um, it's just not, a, not nothing yeah. like Europe. Nothing like that. Yeah. But yeah, oh, so yeah, I've no, seen a, like I've seen a lot of that lately. I've seen a lot of the complaining, and um, you know, I just scroll by those. I've seen a lot where they'll sit there and they'll say it's Biden's fault, um, mm. and we're not gonna get super political or anything like that. But I find that interesting as well. That you know, there's this this humanitarian crisis going on, you know, and there are there are people dying, there are people, you know, getting getting ran out of their homes. Um, I read something that said that the, um, the two biggest places people were leaving the Ukraine to go to, uh, Poland, uh, and then Russia, you know, um, hmm. which is, you think is like insane, but then again, Russia is not going to bomb themselves. So, you know, <laughs> if you can sneak through, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uh, but to see people turn that into a political thing, you know, is also to me maddening, you know, and, being here, I think I mentioned this um, last week a little bit, being being so far removed from everything, you know, on one hand, I feel terrible, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that I'm not as aware of everything that's going on and not in the debates and in the discussions and that kind of stuff. But on the other hand, it's, you know, my mental health has been a lot better. I know that there's stuff going on and I know that there are, you know, we're looking into ways to help and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to research it to make sure that we're sending our money to where it actually should go versus some organization, you know, like, like not that we would donate to breast cancer awareness during a war mm-hmm. in Ukraine, but like, you know, Susan G. Komen is like famous for not actually sending the majority of their money to help anyone, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and we don't want to do that, but the day-to-day stuff, you know, um, I'm not hearing, I get the, the apps, you know, I have that, you know, news apps and stuff. Mm. So I'll get, you know, when they took Chernobyl and that kind oh, of stuff, yeah, um, yeah. which was just crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, well, I think, I was going to say, I think for you being in a different country and being around, you know, those people probably gives you a, different perspective on what's going on Mm -hmm. along with what you see and hear in these apps and on Facebook. Mm Because I know, at least not to get political, but for a brief minute when Trump was in office Mm -hmm. and I would see people posting on Facebook, oh, we're we're really respected around the world. And like, no, I got relatives in New Zealand. I got relatives in Germany. I got relatives in Mm -hmm. England. And they all tell me that they're laughing at us. Mm -hmm. There's three different countries saying that they are laughing at us when Trump was president. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, so I met in person this, uh, last couple of days uh, and spent some time with, um, my partner's dad and, um, you know, that went really well, you know, uh, I was nervous, even though I've, I had talked to him a ton before then, but they, uh, we were all sitting around the dinner table, uh, the one night and, um, she and her dad asked me, you know, like when, uh, the, the insurrection happened, like, what were you <laughs> thinking? You know, like, we, we, like, you know, and I remember that and, yeah, um, that was wild. you know, I was so, I was so embarrassed, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
they had said uh, that they're not as yeah. as patriotic, you know, so they would have looked at those people and just kind of laughed at them and called them idiots and been done with it. But I was sitting there like, you know, I'm I. We had kind of, I think at that point, we thought that the borders were going to be opening pretty soon and that kind of stuff. So it was like, oh, great. So I'm going to go over there and her family is going to think that this is what I come from. You <laughs> know, like, like these that, are yeah. the people that I am, yeah. you know. Um, and I remember that. I was so, because <laughs> she messaged me and she was like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, I don't uh, know. That was a crazy day. <laughs> um, but one thing that that she's been doing here and and it's it's been really nice to try to kind of protect the kids a little bit from it is is limiting their exposure to it mm-hmm. with watching the news um the news is on in the morning uh yeah. and that's it and and there's also i don't know if you guys are aware of this but there's been really bad floods um in australia no. um yeah really bad and so they get a little bit of that and then they get a little bit of you know um the the war news uh, but she's concerned um, that between that and COVID oh, and yeah. the stuff that they've been through, like it's just all really dark stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, the morning news you could, but then after that, we're not, you know, uh, Jeff, you had mentioned that you tend to find yourself checking the news oh, a ton. Yeah. Like you kind of get addicted to it. So she's really preventing that, which has helped me too, because mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, and it's yeah, it's it's weird because on one hand I'm happy that I'm not because I'm in a happier place, yeah. but on the other hand I feel kind of bad because I don't know yeah. <laughs> all the yeah. stuff that's going on. Yeah, you know? but do I need to? You know, do we need to know down to the second? Right, it's the kind specifics of addicting. of what's going on. It's kind of yeah. uh, uh, it, there's a there's a fear. I don't know. You get this whatever kind of rush you, you get a there's a checking it feels like you have an, some artificial sense of being able to control it or just being aware of but but at some point it just i i do think that over the last couple of weeks it's definitely had an impact on me um because mm-hmm. i'll check it i'll check different news sources ones that i don't typically check so i'm like oh, what else is going on what am i missing um mm-hmm. and it's terrible it's just terrible but there's only so much i can do which sounds dismissive but it's more protective of how i'm doing i think well I mean, it's, it's dismissive, I guess. And if, if you were able to do something about it besides donate some money or whatever, but like, what are you going to do? You're not going to sit there and strap up and be like, time to take Putin down. You know, like you're not, you, you literally can't, (laughs) you know? Um, so I mean, it's a war, um, you know, what can you besides, you know, find a way to, you know, provide, some sort of relief, which you've done, mm. you are limited, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think you can fly there, mm. you know? And what are you going to do? Fly somewhere else, take a bus, take a train? Like, like you're, <laughs> you have the right to have a life, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and that's a weird, I think that's a weird feeling because there's always going something going on, well, you know? that's, um, when I was talking with my daughter earlier, that's what I was thinking of is, um, when my other daughter was going through stuff, um, mm-hmm. I <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And I, um, it's not like I was sitting there going, "Oh, I wish everybody would pay attention to what I'm going through." I'm like, no, just mm-hmm. like and appreciate what you have and just and mm-hmm. celebrate that while I'm going through this thing. Not that it's the same, mm-hmm. but you know. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. Okay, we're going to uh, go to break. We'll be right back. I don't know how I'm supposed to come in from that. Yeah. <laughs> as as hey the words left my mouth, I was like, "This is this just sounds really bad." Yeah, and in the edited version, no one's gonna know what you said, nope. so we're just gonna we're leave just it gonna out leave in the it open. Out there. Uh, you know what? Raw dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. In the in the ether, as my one daughter said, "We're just raw dog in life, man." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Or as she says, uh, with this nice weather, she says, yeah, Mother Nature's edging us. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to mark that as a clip. Yeah. That'll go on TikTok. Um, no context behind it either. <laughs> just, <laughs> just Jeff. Um, so speaking of family, um, the topic for uh, today's show is, um, you know, can family mess with your mental health? Um Jeff, I think you had something you wanted to... Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Okay, good show. <laughs> See you guys tomorrow. Uh, uh, short answer, short answer yeah. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Long answer, yes, yeah, I mean, a lot. Families are humans. Like, yeah. You know, I, there's... Uh, we get used to it. It's what we grow up with. We don't know anything different, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. If... Uh, if somebody doesn't know how to handle their emotions or they're, they're all dealing with some mm-hmm. previous trauma or, you know, yeah, absolutely. Family. Can <laughs> so yes, the answer is yeah. a strong yes. Yeah. I, um, you know, growing up, you don't realize it. Uh, I think that's one of the things that, you know, kind of, kind of changes you into from being an adolescent to an adult is kind of seeing your parents, especially, you know, for who they are as human beings with their faults and, and all that and kind of accepting. Now, this is with like a, a, a non-abusive, you know, childhood yeah, or, or something yeah. like that because um, that's a whole different, you know, thing. But like to see, oh, okay, so, um, you know, my mom's not really good at this specific thing. Like that doesn't, you know, they, they it's kind of like you're, they go from being gods to humans. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think that's part of the transit trans um, transition that happens. But uh, one thing I noticed, especially when it came to um, like my family and helping with mental health and stuff, um, because it was the first time I really started trying to pay attention to my mental health uh, was when I had gotten divorced and started to go through that process. And, you know, I had family members um, that were incredibly supportive you know, mm-hmm. and were would would be there. You know, my mom was so sweet, um, and she would, uh, you know, listen to me and let me just say stuff. You know, um, and uh, you know, my brother, as much as he can be, um, he was he was awesome. You know, very like go out for a beer and talk about it. You know. Um, my older sister was pretty good. My younger sister, uh, like within two days of me kind of moving back, she had gone through a breakup or something, started telling me, like asking me to help her with her stuff. And I was like, are you, <laughs> are you shitting me? You know, mm-hmm. like I'm trying to like, I'm hello, you know? Yeah. Um, and that struck me was that kind of, you know, it would be like if somebody died and then somebody's like, yeah, so-and-so sick and it's depressing me. It's like, well, I'm kind of dealing yeah. with, this stuff over right. here, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't have the mental capacity to, you know, hold your hand right now. Um, 
But I think besides that kind of quirkiness, I think my family was pretty good um, of letting me feel the way I feel and kind of keeping their opinions because uh, I'm sure they had different opinions about what was going on. Um, but they did a pretty good job of kind of keeping their opinions to themselves, hmm. you know, not necessarily telling me what I need to do or telling me, I guess, more importantly, from a mental health standpoint, how I should feel. Hmm. Um, and I I know people, and we all know people, um, who have been told you know, how oh. they're supposed to feel and how happy. they're supposed to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's finally over. Oh you know, God. why do but you, now, why yeah. do you still care about this person? They did this to you. And it, oh, and, yeah. yeah. you know, in, in small increments, those things aren't that bad, but uh, I think family gets away with saying a lot more of that kind of crap than they should. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, yeah, so what about you guys? Yeah, so, so my family's not too bad, actually. You know, at least speaking to the divorce situation, um, I I was the first one of my siblings to go through divorce. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I think people just didn't know what to say. Uh, and even even mm -hmm. depression, which is, I think, is more, um, you know, maybe not everybody's divorced, maybe not, I don't know, whatever the statistics are, but... Um, people just don't know what to say. And so if they're not, it takes a lot to have somebody that is willing to do what you said, Jack, just let you talk. And, um, mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a skill that I think growing up, you, th you think people are born with it. You think that that's, that what the receive the support you receive is what you should be getting. And then you meet somebody mm -hmm. who is a really good listener or somebody who doesn't try to fix your problems or doesn't dismiss your stuff. And you're like, yeah, you're getting mm -hmm. divorced, but look at it this way. Like, fuck off. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. You know, like I'm depressed and like, uh, you know, telling me to go for a walk is it's not going to fix it. Like just walk it off. Yeah. yeah. Just, just like, hey, have you thought of, your have you thought about doing this? Oh God, <laughs> I didn't think about that. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's misunderstood. Um, so, uh, I don't know if that answers your question about family, but um, I don't know. Yeah. What about um, with with you specifically? Um, you know, you took a stand in a way when you created VM, hmm. and you know, you've never hidden it. You know, you've always been um, the more or less the face of it. You know, um, how did your family react to that? Because not only are you saying, you know, I have some stuff I need to work on, mm -hmm. you know, as regarding my mental health, but I've noticed that this is like a, a big <laughs> problem, you know, and devoting, you know, a fair amount of your of your life, you know, doing this. Um, how did they kind of react to that? Um, so like any family, there's stuff in the history that um mm -hmm. you know that i don't really talk about on the show because it's kind of private but um mm -hmm. i th th in general um the support that i've gotten from family has been wow that's a really that's a really good thing that you're doing it, mm -hmm. it's just it feels like it's from an arm's length that's a great thing and there's general support you know like that's really mm -hmm. great um and 
At the same time, I've had some family members come forward as a result of this Mm -hmm. that privately, um, they'll text me. I haven't heard from them in a long time or I'll see them like at the, at the wedding I went to last fall. Um, they'll pull me to the side and be like, dude, like, that's really like, can we talk? Because I, I've got some stuff going on and I want to talk about some stuff. And, um, I would say that the re- the response I've gotten from family is uh, pretty much equal or balanced to what I've gotten from other people in my life, friends or even people mm-hmm. that I've known professionally that know about this. Um, because mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, for, ex- for example, actually one of the social workers that worked with my daughter during her uh, difficult time, um, mm-hmm. she was awesome. We just, we talk about like, Oh my gosh, remember she was so great. Um, so the other day this week I texted her, um, and I, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm so-and-so's dad. And, um, I just want you to know that you made such a great impact on, our life. And we, we think about, we talk Mm -hmm. about you all the time. And she's like, Oh, I know I I follow all your stuff on social media. (laughs) So it was, um, that's kind of the same response I've gotten from family where they follow what I'm up to. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, but it is interesting because yeah, I went as a, you know, for that wedding that I went to, I interacted with a family that I haven't seen in a while. And it's like when you, go back into a situation you like you get to see a little bit more clearly some of the things you didn't see um mm-hmm. so clearly when you were younger and um mm-hmm. nothing terrible but things that as an adult they made me uncomfortable um mm-hmm. and so uncle mike wasn't fun uncle mike had a <laughs> drinking problem and he yeah uncle mike it. is actually my dad <laughs> that's what oh. i like <laughs> well that's but um, i'm gonna get an angry text yeah, message from him yeah, later. um but yeah, there was behaviors that I think I just, I've, I've, when I saw that person, I was like, oh, that's what he did. Oh my God, that's what he's been doing the whole time. And I just noticed mm, it. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's only the, um, uh, oh, you know, my relationship with my family has changed over the last few years. And mm-hmm. um, I think having that, like, as we all, it changes as you get older, having that distance and seeing it now. Um, it uh, it makes me realize that after going through therapy and having some good people in my life that, it, you know, showed me good ways of communicating and empathizing and supporting mm-hmm. um, kind of some of the stuff that I was missing in some, in some mm-hmm. dimensions. So, yeah. yeah. What about you, Bob? Well, I would say, again, short answer, yes. Family does impact mental health. Um, for me it's more of a retrospective because I've learned a lot over the last few years, a couple of years being part of visible man with regards to mental health. And I look back and I realize there were so many things I went through that in the moment and even whatever, two, three years later, mm-hmm. I didn't look at that and be like, Oh, this is affecting my mental health. I was just like, Oh, you know, going through it. I was like, this sucks. I hate this. Mm-hmm. And it was affecting me, but again, I never looked at it like, oh, it's affecting my mental health. I was just like, oh, this is affecting me. And then, you know, if I ever heard the term back down, mental health, I thought probably like, I don't know, generalized, say a majority of the general population, I thought, oh, that's somebody that has like mm-hmm. a major issue. Mm-hmm. That's not me dealing with X, Y, Z from my ex or from my sister. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, with regards to what I went through, 
in particular with my one sister, she and I were like really, really close. Mm-hmm. And then when I started my relationship with my ex, for whatever reason, my sister just didn't like her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my ex and I went through counseling. Things were kind of good for a while. Mm-hmm. And when we got back together because of the counseling, my sister, basically, she turned her back on me. She cut me off from my two nieces. So, you know, again, in retrospect, mentally, there was a lot of trauma there for me because I was a big part of these kids' lives. I had pictures, Mm -hmm. you know, going to the zoo with them, going to baseball games with them, Mm -hmm. you know, t-ball, softball. And now all of a sudden, couldn't see them, couldn't talk to them, nothing. And it was probably that way for, you know, I mean, kids grow up fast. So it was probably that way for four years. Mm -hmm. But that was, you know, all of a sudden, they're 10 and now they're 14, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So um, that was quite impactful and challenging for me at the time. And things with my sister, and I know you guys are kind of familiar because I've talked about it or, you know, typed about it in the server. Mm-hmm. Things with her just haven't gotten better over the years because of issues with her with my parents before they passed away and trying to be controlling with stuff. So, and that has all impacted my mental Mm -hmm. health because she took charge of everything being, you know, a healthcare proxy for my parents being executive of the will for both Mm -hmm. my parents. And there were no family discussions. She wouldn't allow it. Um, even though like I privately talked to my dad and he'd be like, yeah, we got to have a family meeting. And then I would, you know, call her like two days later, dad wants to have a family meeting. She's like, Oh no, he changed his mind. Blah, blah, blah. So she would always run interference and come up with some reason not to do it. And, uh, so yeah, in a, in a different way from like what Jeff has mentioned and discussed, oh uh, yeah, family, you know, you grow up with your family, you're kind of used to certain behaviors of your family. Um, but for me, like in this case, things kind of went from one extreme to the other because mm-hmm. her and I were really close, um, you know, kind of like a, a good brother sister relationship growing up and into my, even into my twenties. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, boom, it was like night and day. Things just changed. Although I'd seen it in her because mm-hmm. she had a best friend. And when her best friend got married, she turned her back on her best friend because she didn't like the guy that her best friend married. So I, I'd seen that behavior in her. I guess I just wasn't expecting that it would happen because I'm family, right. you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely impactful. And, you know, it's, I had an impact on my daughter too, because of, you know, things that have happened over the years with her. And she's like, Oh, I, I, you know, I hate anti-Rene. And I'm like, no, you can't say that. You can't say hate, you know, don't, mm-hmm. I know you don't like her. You know, I always try to, walk that fine line there. I'm like, no, don't, don't hate anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. don't like her. I said, I don't really like her either, but, um, yeah, it's definitely challenging with family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, my, my older sister and my ex, uh, didn't get along, uh, towards, well, about the halfway point. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, I, you know, besides dealing with, you know, you talking about that, besides dealing with the stuff that was going on with my ex at the time, you know, I, I did feel kind of cut off from my family, you know, um, 
that was a relationship with my older sister that I had to kind of rebuild. Mm. And she was pretty cool about it and understanding and all that. So there wasn't, you know, um, but, but there was, yeah, there was a, a little bit of a rebuilding that had to happen with her. Um, and not being able to communicate uh, or feeling like I was able to communicate with them, you know, was, you know, that affected me a lot, you know, um, I felt like I missed out on a because before this I was pretty active in in my uh, niece and nephew's lives, um, going to the baseball games and mm-hmm. you know I I helped coach at one of the t-ball teams once you know, um, and yeah that did feel you know not having that that access anymore um, and then for me like looking at like my little sister who's who deals with a lot you know. Um, uh, maybe we can touch on this after the break, but you know, there's a point where you had kind of said, Bob, because you're family, you know, you that you're always mm-hmm. gonna, you know, but is there a point where you have to stop something and say, well, it doesn't matter that we're family. Um, and this kind of, kind of goes into what we were talking about in the first segment, you know, there's a point where you should have the right to live your life, you know, and do what you want to do and how much, you know, where's that line between responsibility Mm. to family members and um, those who are, are potentially damaging, you know, your mental health or really anything, um, you know, where's that line between, you know, being responsible because they're family members and also protecting yourself, you know, in whatever way. So uh, maybe we can talk about that when we get back from the break. Sounds good. I found hope in the midst of an overwhelming situation. I let go of trying to control things that I had no control over, and that helped me find peace of mind. Alcoholism is a disease that can affect any family. Everyone suffers, but there is help and hope at Al-Anon Family Groups. I was constantly stressed and worried. Now I approach each day with joy and gratitude. In Al-Anon, families and friends of alcoholics find new ways to heal from the effects of a loved one's drinking. Alanon gave me my life back. I'm a better father and husband. Are you in an overwhelming situation because of someone else's drinking? Alanon and Alateen can help. Local and virtual meetings are available. Maybe one could work for you. For information, call 1-866-200-0033 or visit alanon.org slash hope. And we're back. Got a couple announcements here real quick. The LGBTQIA section will hold its next monthly voice chat on Tuesday, March 15th at 7.30 p.m. VM holds weekly voice chat hangouts on Mondays at 7 p.m. It's a great way for men to connect on something other than via text. The gamer section holds weekly hangouts on Fridays at 9 p.m. right after VM Live. Come hang out, play video games, stream, and or talk about video games with your fellow VM gamers. We have a couple of live talks here coming up around the corner, and we'll have more information on them when they get scheduled. Uh, And as a reminder, all times are Eastern, and all events take place on the Visible Man Discord server. The link for that is in the show notes, or if you're watching this on the YouTube and uh, any of those things, um, uh, once it's been produced... Right, I don't know, here mm-hmm. somewhere, I think. 
We'll find out. Yeah. I'll just... Um... That's one thing I haven't really started to implement yet, is you'll see people on the YouTube videos. Oh, by the way, smash that like button and mm. all that crap. Um, well, they'll be, well, they will, they'll point, yeah. you know, where the link's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I just haven't, and, no, yeah. I haven't figured that out yet. I don't know where I want to point. <laughs> um, so, uh, one of my partner's kids has a YouTube channel and it's just his <laughs> gaming and he's got, uh, it's, he's got a, a pretty inexpensive computer. So he can't do, you know, like when we, when I'm producing everything, it's, you know, four people, mm-hmm. five people sometimes and all the audio and stuff. So like I, you know, a little bit bigger rig, uh, he can't do that. And so he doesn't even do video. He just like screenshots oh. the games. <laughs> and I think it's Roblox. Yeah. And then he records like a voiceover afterwards uh, while he's watching the video and just real simple fade in, fade out. Mm. And it's funny because he's got like the professional YouTube <laughs> opening that you know what you see where it's like gamer, you know, yeah. like it comes in all crazy. Cool. Um, dude's got like so many more followers than us. <laughs> It's just so many and it's just him running around. I think he's playing Roblox for the most part. And I mean, he's just talking and I'm just like, Oh now he's been doing it longer and he does a couple of videos a week, but it was really hard. Like we were watching the stuff on the TV and I'm looking at that and I'm like, he's got a couple thousand views I'm like, oh. per video. I'm like, this is, uh, don't be jealous of the child. Yeah. Don't be jealous of the child. Congratulations. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, Maybe we should just start doing that. We should just switch. Totally. Switch Good job, genres. kid. Yeah. Somebody suggested that we do that on Twitch. What's that? Like oh, play, just play video games and then slide into discussions on mental health. And mm. while I think there's potential in that, um, trying to get a couple of the guys to sync up to play video games and then be able to do both those things at the yeah, same time. Yeah. Um, unless we were playing something. And now what we could do <laughs> is we could just like play something super simple and see if that worked. Like have us all play like hangman or like <laughs> checkers or something like that, you know, while, so that's just in the background. You just see the yeah. checkers pieces going. Um, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be more my style because I wouldn't know what the hell I'm doing with some of these games. Pong. Just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Space Invaders. Space. No, man. No, I can't talk to you guys during that. Like, I'm concentrating. That's, that's big time. Um, Still one of the hardest games I've ever played. It was for the Atari. It was Lunar Lander. That oh. game was so ridiculously difficult. Um, You were just landing a ship hmm. on the moon, you know, but you had to get it dead perfect with your familiar. speed and your angle and everything. I'll look that up. Um, yeah. I... uh. I got pretty far in it, and that was back when you couldn't. Um, you can't save because I think it was an arcade game too. Well, yeah, you couldn't save, and like if you're playing it in an arcade, you got one quarter, yeah. and then you started over. That was before you could load like ten bucks in and <laughs> yeah. just keep going. You know, um, that was when they were much more challenging. Um, but anyway, so um, like, subscribe, smash whatever button is a good one, uh, and uh, tell people about us. Um, so before we went to break, we were talking about, um, that kind of, I guess, I guess the word I should have been using was boundary, um, of, of being a good family member and then also protecting yourself. Mm. Um, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm concerned, uh, with, uh, my little sister, especially about, you know, what happens, 
Um, you know, my mom is going to pass away at some point, you know, statistically that's going to happen, happen, you know, (laughs) um, may not, you know, I don't know Uh, she has gotten her vaccines. We don't know. She might get some powers and, and, you know, be become immortal. But, you know, at what point, um, so with my little sister, there's the, my concerns are about, you know, how well, uh, she'll be able to kind of be on her own. You know, um, and I'm sitting here right now in Australia, you know, and, you know, there's there's a chance, an opportunity, you know, there's a possibility that I not this time around, but like I stay here, you know, and when I was really strongly considering that, like for the first time, that that responsibility to my little sister kind of popped up. Mm. And I and I had to have the mm. conversation with myself of kind of the you're not responsible. You know, like you have the right to to live a life, you know, and not have to sit there and have someone potentially living with you and have to take care of someone. Yeah. You know, but then you I felt like a jerk. Like where's the line in that? You know? Um because that, that could potentially affect, obviously, my mental health, but all of my health, like, for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, did I sign up for that? You know, did I ask for it? You know, where is that kind of line in the sand, you know? Yeah. I <laughs> I don't know that there's a clear one, but it, it does. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know where you draw it because you've got to be able to preserve yourself and, and your financial well-being to be able to just take care of yourself, let alone somebody else. We, even if it's saying no to, it's hard. I don't, you know, I mean, that line is out there somewhere. Um, it's tough. Yeah. Um, cause I'm, yeah, I'm trying to, in, in my head now I'm saying, look, I'm, I'm not going to be responsible for that. So we need to make sure that, you know, she's, ready and able and because uh, because i believe that she has it within her to do it mm-hmm. she just you know has to stop being spoon fed everything you mm-hmm. know um but you know then if it's not me is it my older sister you know is it my brother you know my older sister has kids you know um and and sometimes the environment cannot be super conducive to to children mm-hmm. you know um because of how some of the things my little sister has has done and 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 how she's prone to acting you know um and you know there's another kind of weird thing for me is is we're all adopted uh all my brothers and sisters but my little sister's my actual little sister mm-hmm. she's my actual blood you know, and so she's, she might be the only blood that I have in the world, you know, um, at least that I'm aware of. Um, I'm, we don't know who our father was and our mother, um, passed away like in 2006. Um, so, you know, for somebody, you know, you, you, are you either you adopted? I'm not. No. Okay. So like everybody in your family no. is blood, you know? <laughs> And so there's that feeling of that. There's that connection. But it's like I have one person, you know. Um, but, like, I can't be expected, especially if I'm if I'm going to go do this here, I can't be expected to move somebody else out, you know, to Australia. Um, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty big ask. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, I've struggled with that. I've struggled with that for a little while now, you know. Yeah. Uh, I know what my answer is going to be, but that that's going to affect me, and I'm going to feel 
like an ass, you know. Um, to draw that boundary is, it, it hurts because even if rationally you know that you have to at some point say no and take care of yourself, it doesn't make it feel good or anything like that. It's so mm-hmm. hard. Um, I mean, Bob, you said something before about, um, I forget the context, but you said, but they're family though. And there's some, there's some, um, it's almost like a, like a Trump card where it's just like, you know, insert bad behavior, but it's family. And mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> you know, I, I grew up with yeah. that. And then at some point in my adult life, I was like, yeah, no, no. Like I wouldn't, why would I, I, and I think that's why family Mm -hmm. can get away with some things um, because they're family and people aren't going to say something because there is sort of an innate protectiveness for family. Even if they do something wrong, you're like, I'm always on your side. But if they, if a family wrongs you or if they do something, then at some point you're like, whoa, 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 hold on. Why do you get, why do you get to get away with it just because you're family? So um, yeah, it, it's not, it, it's really hard. It's, it's really, really hard. Yeah. I mean, if you, yeah. And I think especially with like in my situation, my parents were getting older. So kind of like what you were just saying, Jeff hit the point where I think from my parents' perspective, it wasn't, Oh, but it's family they could see what my sister was doing mm-hmm. because they were living it because like she was there caring for them. I was there caring for them on the weekends, but it got to the point where, you know, they were, you know, my dad was in his late eighties, early nineties. And he was just like talking to him time. He's like, I just, I don't want to fight with her. Mm-hmm. He's like, she wants this. I'll, I'll let her have it. I don't want it. I don't want to deal with it anymore. You know, it's cause you're, at that point, especially once he got sick, where he's like, I, he, he didn't want to deal mm-hmm. with it. So it, it wasn't like, oh, it's family. It was like, I can't deal with this because I have to put my energy into just enjoying the rest of my life because I only have a short mm-hmm. period of time right. left. Um, so, and I liked what you said, Jack, about boundary because looking at my sister, you know, and I'm not going to go into detail, but like she lied within the past year and my, both my nieces came to me and they said, we kind of had like a little get together and they talked and we all talked and we concluded that she lied Mm -hmm. and I showed evidence supporting my side of it. So now it's not just her impacting me and my daughter. She's impacting her own kids and the rest of the family because she's telling this lie. So yes, I agree. Like I started setting this boundary of like, I'm only going to communicate with her if I have to. And it's only going to be about, the estate. I'm not going to communicate with her about anything else. And that's literally the way it is. Like we do not talk about anything. She doesn't communicate with me. I don't communicate with her unless it has to do with the house. Uh And the way I look at it right now is at some point, once the house has closed, I mean, it's been sold, but it's got to close. I'm not putting a time frame on anything, but at some point after the estate is settled, I'll reach out and I'll see where Uh things go. But right now I'm not, I just want to get past everything first when there's no more mm-hmm. issues, hopefully. And then once the estate is settled at some point, I'll reach out and we'll see if, if it goes anywhere. If it doesn't, you know, I'm kind of at peace with that right now. If it doesn't mm-hmm. go anywhere. How do you, how do you do that, Bob? Like, how do you, 
how have you gotten yourself to be able to be at peace with I mean this was somebody you were you were extraordinarily close with you grew up with you know they say that your your siblings know you longer than anyone else mm. like ever you know what I mean especially if they're older than you or whatever but like you know your parents are supposed to pass away when you're you know middle aged and your siblings are generally in your kind of age range you know, so you have girlfriends and friends and, and wives and these people that come in and, you know, in and out of your life. But your siblings are like, you know, birth to death. You know, they they're there the whole time. You know, um, yeah. how do you find how have you how did you figure it out so you could be at peace with the fact that you may no longer have a relationship with this person that you, you know, you grew up with? You have. Well deep history with I guess my answer to that would be I can't say that I figured it out mm -hmm. um, when I say I'm at peace with it I think I'm more looking at it from the perspective of the boundary thing mm -hmm. like you're a toxic person you have impacted my daughter who's my number one priority right and you mentioned adoption my daughter's adopted mm -hmm. um so this is my number one priority is protecting her. Mm -hmm. She is my family more so now than my sister yeah. is. Um, so it's kind of like that perspective of, no, I got to protect my family. Mm. And if you're the toxic person and you're creating problems, then I have to put you at a distance. Okay. And because of some of the things that she's done that have created issues for mm -hmm. me, I guess that's kind of how I'm able to, I don't know, compartmentalize it and be like, okay, yes, if we don't ever see each other or talk to each other again, I'm not saying it's not mm -hmm. going to hurt. I'm not saying it's not going to, you know, impact me in some mm -hmm. way at all, but I, I can deal with it and be at peace with it because I have someone else I need to take care of and mm -hmm. focus on that is my life and that loves me and isn't creating issues other than the typical teenage right. issues. <laughs> okay. All right. I like that. I like that. That. I mean, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it's, it follows, it's logical, you know, and I think that's one thing that's tough when it comes to family is being able to stick to what's logical, you know, um, and it's a shame because, you know, we don't pick these people, <laughs> you know. But they do. They, you know, they're the people that that will know us longer and probably at a at a deeper level than uh, many other people uh, in our lives. So um, that was a killer chat today, guys. Uh, if you're supporting, uh, if you support, want to support the uh, the good stuff we're doing here with uh, Visible Man, with the the podcasts, the live talks, uh, the server, and all that stuff, uh, you can check us out at Patreon.com/slash Visible Man and uh, the little. Because all that stuff costs money, so um, your support would be very well appreciated. Remember to check out our Discord server where anybody over the age of 18 is invited. We have uh, moderated discussions daily about men and men's mental health. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you're watching this, remember to hit that thumbs up and subscribe. Oh, so much to say. Remember to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Pinterest, I think. Uh, we're still working on that MySpace, but we'll uh, we'll get that 
figured out. Did I forget anything, Jeff? No, I think you covered it. Okay, cool. Easiest thing to do to find all of that information would be to go to visibleman.org. Once again, thank you all for listening. This is Jack Rollins for VM Live, reminding you that vulnerability is the ultimate demonstration of strength. Cheers. Cheers.